welcome to The Confidence Fighter. I'm Myrtle and I'm so beyond happy to announce that we have been nominated for the British Podcast Awards 2022 in the family category. Thank you so much for supporting me on this journey and continue to spread the word. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Confidence Fighter and without further ado, let's get on with this episode. Hello and welcome and today's special guest is Audrey Wigan who is an executive coach. Today she's going to be sharing some top tips on how we can use our body language to convey confidence and charisma. So we're just going to dive right in and ask how can we use body language to our advantage? So Myrtle, thank you for having me back on the podcast. So body language is definitely something that we can use, particularly when we're not feeling very confident inside, but we're wanting to project to the outside world that really, truly we are confident And actually, sometimes in doing those things, it will in turn make us feel more confident. And they did a big study at Princeton University in the States, and they found that really charismatic, likeable, compelling, confident people had this special blend of two specific traits. One was warmth and one was competence. And what they found was if you put warmth and competence together, what you get is this magic factor, the charisma. And the thing is, when we're assessing someone's warmth, we're really asking the question, can I trust you? And when we're looking at competence, we're asking the question, can I rely on you? And when you meet somebody for the first time, those are the questions that are ticking around in our brains. And as well as listening to the words that you're saying, our brains are also making that assessment by the way our body is communicating. And the thing is, is that if you are really warm, you have this strong desire to be liked and you might be seen as trustworthy, but not always very powerful. You might be seen as compassionate, but not particularly competent. You might be seen as friendly, but not always impressive. And the flip side is if you're really competent, you have this strong desire to be seen as capable, impressive. And people might take you and your ideas seriously, but you might find it more difficult to be building rapport. So they might describe you as someone, oh, she's smart, but she's not very approachable. She's dependable, but she's not really a team player. She's very important, but she's not kind. And the trick here is how can we convey both warmth and competence? And how can we do that using our bodies? And if I was to give you an example of some people in public life, if we were to take Jamie Oliver and Gordon Ramsay, Mm -hmm. for example, we would say Jamie Oliver has really high warmth. Yeah. And you might say Gordon Ramsay comes across with probably less warmth, but still really high competence. So they're both operating in that top zone where we want to be, but they probably have different amounts of warmth. And the thing is, is that these nonverbal cues that we're sending account for anywhere between 65 to 90 percent of our total communication. And we are sending these messages with our gestures, our facial expressions, our body movements, our posture, all these tiny interactions. We are sending a cue to the person that we're talking to. And the good news, Myrtle, is that there's lots of research that says if you can improve your ability to read someone else's nonverbal cues, it pays off. So they did one study and they found that people who could recognise nonverbal cues really well actually earn more money in their jobs. 
And this idea that you can read accurately and quickly someone else's emotions will give you an advantage at school and at work. It'll help you predict behaviour, spot hidden feelings and also help you get your ideas across more easily. So what are the, some of the things that you can do with your body that can help convey both warmth and confidence? So the first thing that you can do is all about leaning. So when you lean forward, you're leaning into what someone is saying. You are sending a message that I'm really interested in you. And it's just when you think about it, when you want to smell something better, you want to touch something, you want to hear something better, we go much closer to it. And that leaning cue sends a signal to other people that we are interested. So leaning in is the single fastest way to look interested and engaged. And it's also really good if you're really wanting to emphasise that something's important. Lean in as you say it. Another thing you can do is really important that you come across with an open body. So I'm sure you know, Myrtle, that sitting with your arms crossed is not a good idea. But actually, often we use other props to block our bodies. We might hold our A4 file in front of us. We might hold our telephones in front of us. And blocking out our chess is not a good body language sign to be sending. So you want to be open and have your fully facing the person that you're talking to so that you are square on with your body towards them. So as you turn towards them, you're really tuning in to listen to what they're saying. And that is sending the signal saying, I am turning towards you and I'm aligning with you. So those are the main things, but what can I do if I want to increase my warmth? So specifically for warmth, there are a few things that you can do. So one set, Gordon Ramsay was sitting here, this is what I would be telling him. So the first is the head tilt. So when you want to hear something more clearly, you naturally tilt your head to the side to expose your ear. And when you do that head tilt, it's showing interest and curiosity. And people who tilt their heads during conversation immediately increase their likability. It's one of the fastest ways to show warmth. The second one is about nodding. So nodding is a great way to inspire agreement if you agree with something someone said. And when you nod in that kind of up and down way, you actually get the other person to talk more. And they did a piece of research on this. And what they did was when they were interviewing applicants for a job, when the interviewer did a lot more nodding, they noticed that the interviewee talked 67% longer. So Nodding a lot is the ultimate warmth cue because it's signalling empathy and it triggers empathy. So if you nod while listening to someone who's really opening up to you, you will encourage them to open up more and probably feel a bit more open yourself. Now, Myrtle, you don't want to look like a nodding donkey. <laughs> you can definitely take this one too far. And I would say it's the slow, thoughtful nod. Sometimes people talk about the triple nod. If you nod really fast, it can actually end up yeah. looking quite rude and impatient. But the three slow nods says, keep going. I've got all the time in the world and I'm really interested in what you're saying. And then there's a couple of other things you can do. Smiling is an obvious one. Smiling can be as rewarding and stimulating to the brain as two 
thousand bars of chocolate. <laughs> I simply can't believe that because I love chocolate so much. But basically, your warmth will trigger other people's warmth. And holding that smile for just a little bit longer can make a real difference. It shows I'm really relishing your presence, your idea or your story. Another thing you can do is think about touch. Now, obviously, you have to use this appropriately. It might be a high five. It might be a fist bump. It might be a little light touch on someone's arm. They actually did a study on this where they looked at waiters and waitresses and they found that if the waiter or waitress lightly touched the customer's arm as they were talking at the end of the meal, their tips increased by 23% for the women and 40% for the men. Something else that you may have come across is mirroring. That's when you mirror the body language of the other person. Again, don't take it too far that you look like you're playing a game of Simon Says. But if someone's sitting there with their legs crossed, you cross your legs back. And it's just something, you'll see it happening. People do it subconsciously all the time. Okay, so if I'm very warm and friendly, what can I do to be taken a bit more seriously? So that's a really good question. What you're saying here is how can I up the competence piece of what we're talking about. So number one is your posture. But I think the easiest way to think about this is relax your shoulders. So imagine, Myrtle, there's a, you've got a ruler going from your earlobes to your shoulders. And you just say to yourself, I'm going to add a few extra centimetres. And just by doing that, you instantly pull your shoulders down and your head up. And that will make you feel and look more confident. The second thing you can do is think about where you're planting your feet. So place your feet a little bit wider than you normally would. So you'll end up feeling a lot more grounded, whether you're standing or sitting, if you've planted your feet really firmly on the floor. I like to imagine they're like tree roots growing <laughs> out of my feet. The second thing is about creating space. So relax your hands and make space with the way that you hold your arms. They did a piece of research looking at speed dating and they found that participants who naturally sat and took up more space were 76% more likely to be chosen for a second date. And it's really important because it's not just your perceived confidence. Actually, if you're sitting like that, you will genuinely start to feel more confident. So the more powerful you feel, the more space you take up, the more powerful you look. And when we feel confident, we feel safe taking up the space and more comfortable with others noticing us. So what I'm really saying is expansive posture helps you look and feel more powerful. Now, one question I often get asked is, what about my hands? Now, if you Google some pictures of people like Macron or Angela Merkel or Theresa May, you will see them doing this rather strange steeple thing with their hands. And it's known as the steeplejack. And it was a real kind of trademark, if you like, for Angela Merkel. And what it does is it's really opening up the way she's holding her arms. It's a very expansive hand gesture. It's a bit like a power pose just for your hands. But again, I think you can overdo it. But it's something, if you find that you fiddle with your hands, just holding them in that little steeple in front of your tummy can be a good place to put them. Other things you can do in terms of body language for competence. Don't be afraid to use hand gestures. Highly competent people signal power and capability with their gestures. 
And they found when they did the research on this that confident gestures actually improve the listener's understanding by 60%. So your gestures actually convey importance, size, emotion, direction of the conversation. You can convey a lot with your hands. Okay, so we've talked about all the positive cues, but are there any negative cues that we should look out for in terms of body language? The answer is yes. And it's really useful that if you learn how to recognise them in other people, it will really help you with your emotional intelligence and reading and understanding the person that you're with. So some of these will sound obvious. So for example, the lip purse. When you see someone pursing their lips together, that's not a good sign. When you see people leaning away from you, they're distancing themselves from you. Often people lean back when they're lying. So be on the alert for somebody stepping back, leaning back in their chair, turning their body away from you. Another thing you see people doing, they put their hands up to their forehead and they start pulling their hair off their face, which is in effect a ventilation cue because they're drawing airflow from their skin to prevent them having a sweat on. Another thing you see people doing, they bite their nails, they suck on pens, or they bite the inside of their cheeks or they bite their lips. That's often what we would call a pacification gesture, where you're trying to calm yourself. It's exactly the same when you see people, have you ever noticed how sometimes you'll be having a conversation with somebody and someone's rubbing their leg, yeah. or they're rubbing their thigh? Yeah, yeah. That is also you're trying to comfort yourself, which would suggest that that person perhaps is uneasy with what you're talking about or they're not feeling confident. But again, it's a signal you need to watch out for. Similar to preening, you know, when you see people fiddling with their hair, they're fiddling with their jewellery. And another one you sometimes see when people are standing up is when they're swaying. We use this kind of swaying back and forth movement as a comfort movement. And often you'll see it with people on the stage. They're doing it as an unconscious way to try and keep themselves calm. Thank you so much. There's lots of detail now. What would be your final summary? Okay, Myrtle. So in summary, the main things I would encourage you to think about. Number one is leaning in. It's the single fastest way to look and feel engaged and interested. Number two is always make sure you have an open body and you are fronting, facing square on to the person that you're talking to. And then number three, think about your posture. Think about growing roots out of your feet and taking up space with your shoulders and your chest and your arms. And then on the warmth, I would say, remember to tilt your head, to smile and to give those encouraging nods. These are some great points. Thank you so much for coming on to this episode. Thank you for having me, Myrtle. Thank you so much for listening. If you're using Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate a rating and review. It means other young girls can find this podcast more easily and learn. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.